Welcome to Shakespeare, the official Lion Face Productions podcast where we talk about Shakespeare. My name is Chase, your mostly quiet producer. Today, we'll be diving into one of the comedies, As You Like It. If you live in Northwest Ohio and would like to get involved with our organization, be it to act, direct, or anything theater-related, please reach out to us at facebook.com slash lionfaceproductions. And now, on with the show. reading it but i've read it before of course you were in it and i've been in it and i have seen it performed a couple of times so one of my very favorite times like i've gone out to oregon shakespeare festival many times because i have family out there but one of my very favorite performances i ever saw of this play was chris and i's first anniversary um we oh no it couldn't have it couldn't have been first it had to have been second something like that we went out to your um, Oregon trip was later than your yeah, first anniversary yeah well because Michael was in my tum tum and Ward was in Oregon at that yeah point. he was already in Oregon so we went out and I was gonna buy tickets for it anyway when we got there my uncle had already bought us these like sweet like front balcony tickets he's like this is your anniversary present I was mean to your husband I'm like oh. You still are. Because <laughs> he kind of was. But that he, was, he doesn't mean to be mean. Didn't mean to be mean. He's gone. But uh, he just likes to argue. Well, that's fair. That's fair. So do you. But we don't know anybody this, like that. They did this really cool thing with uh, the beginning of, what, Act 2 or 3, where they're nailing the... the Act 3. Mm-hmm. It's the beginning of Act 3. They go, like, lights come back up. And these huge scrolls just like boom fall, and they that's become awesome. the forest of Arden. Oh, that's, cool! These that's, huge, that's really cool. these huge scrolls become the trees. So the trees are the poetry. Oh, I love it so much! Oh my gosh! And so there, Cassie they, just died a little. They, it was amazing because Cassie was this, may have outpeaked you. Yeah, there she, was this, she this, like, amazing, overspiked like, me on that. There was amazing like crack, boom, roll. And like, it became the forest. And so uh, Jacquees is like walking around these trees, jumping over the fallen scrolls. It was really neat because, I mean, paper is trees and they had like all the edges uh, were kind of brown. Uh, uh, there are a few things in this world that get gorgeous. me going, it was like a, smart set design. This was so there. there no, that's, are, that's fantastic. There are always those places that in your head you're like, oh my God, I can't believe that that was that was so cleverly staged. Like I saw a Midsummer Night Dream. Where all of the fairies, instead of having wings, it was umbrellas. It was so neat. I saw a great... I uh, actually was talking about it tonight with uh, Sarah when we were over at Iphigenia. Um, <coughs> I saw a performance in the park. Uh, it was a park performance, Shakespeare in the Park of Midsummer, where they had multiple pucks. Uh, one puck mm-hmm. spoke the words. Ooh, ooh. And then, but they had multiples because it was trees and everything like that, and the, they had a slightly raged stage. So you could see Puck flitting through the trees, like popping out from behind all these different trees and stuff like that. At one point, like Puck's legs, like they're all in the same costume, obviously, to denote this is Puck. Um, and like Puck's legs are sticking out one end of the bottom of the stage, underneath the stage, and then Puck's torso is at the other end of the stage, delivering lines. Oh, neat! Oh, I love it. Yeah, so much. Uh, it was a f- like that. <laughs> that staging, that you use. Need, you need to do some cool stage work. I can tell. That, <laughs> that use, that use of Puck like that, is one of the greatest things that I've ever seen as far as a like a choice, a directorial choice, an artistic choice to make with that character. Yeah. 
it was so interesting. It was like they were all uh, you know approximately the same build and and everything like that. So there was no real disconnect, but you could see all these like you know like puck would pop out from behind this tree and then pop back and then over here and then it. back I love and it. like I love it. But the, it was always the same voice. It was always the same actor delivering the lines, but they used so many bodies to be Puck, and it was so fantastic. That it's, is that's pretty cool. just brilliant. Oh and since gosh. I brought up Iphigenia, that was where, uh, well, three of the four of us were over at Iphigenia. We all four actually partook of some theater tonight. Yes. Uh, yes. Before we came in to record. Uh, Cassie was involved with... Uh, with Horizon New Theater's Festival of Shorts, sixth annual Festival of Shorts. Which is all student... And all student-written. And, and this year, it was all student-written, student-acted, and student-directed. Oh, that's um, nice. So, yeah. yeah that's I, awesome. Yeah. yeah and Lion was, really was there in the beginning. Yes, you we, were there for our first we one. helped with the first one. Back before they were student-written, because we yes. borrowed from old devising classes. Yes. All these old scripts that I had. just not Student-written, just, yeah. Yeah, just different students. And that was actually, <laughs> if you if we count that one, then tonight was the seventh annual. Yeah. That was before it was called Festival of Shorts. Well, that was that was back when you weren't, you were like, hey, can you help with this? And yes. I was like, yes, we can help with this. Yeah. And we... It was a great partnership, and yeah. they've kept it going, because... You know, we had enough demand from our students that we needed to add something and, else into our season. And yeah. speaking of the first one, the first one was in a horrible situation where we were in a <laughs> an auditorium, a gymatorium with no heat. And- an old school that was being uh, that was owned by an out of state owner. Grandmothers were there to wash their grandchildren and they're like huddled in blankets. We that everyone's wearing their coats. We, 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 we are sitting we, about 200 yards from that building. Yeah. I just remember running to like every church in town begging them for folding chairs because yeah. the school was defunct. It was an abandoned school basically and right. had no real facilities of its own. That was a mess. Tonight we performed in an elementary school cafetorium so we're moving up in the world. Mm. Heck yeah! Alright. Getting there. If... Hey. If what Lionface leaves behind is a legacy of helping theaters and other other artists figure out how to do stuff with the just like this is what not to do. Well, hey, even if, even if it is, this is a cautionary tale. Even or if, like, do you remember that time they did a show inside a, a really shitty hotel? Hey, that that show is one of our finest critical successes. I'll have you know. And we were front page above the fold for the review on that show in our local newspaper. Thank well, you it was very a much. pretty good show. Too. That show was that show was awesome. I was very uncomfortable. That you were supposed to be. Yeah, that was the idea. Because I, were... I, I think I came to a preview night and it was just like me and Tommy Duvall. <laughs> oh, that would. Oh, no, I think it was opening night actually. <laughs> was it? There was no, I, no, I think I was there too. I remember seeing Tommy there because it was. I think that was right before I started working at that very uncomfortable hotel. Um, hey, speak, you mentioned recording earlier, Ryan. What are we recording? Oh, tonight. Uh, well, first, <laughs> let's introduce the fact that we are doing uh, the Shakes Beer podcast. Uh, episode 13. Yes. Which we should have recorded yesterday. On, on Friday the 13th. 13th. On Friday the 13th. Yes. But uh, it was unlucky. We weren't able to make that happen. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I am there. one Thanks. of Thanks. your hosts. Ryan Halfhill. I'm another Beth Roars. I'm a third Cassie Greenley. I'm a technical fourth <laughs> Chase Greenley. 
Yes, he is the, technical fourth and also the technical man. Exactly. And the more beer he drinks, the more technical he becomes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> beep boop. <laughs> now he's a robot. Um, Instead of drunk husband, he gets you robot husband. Ba-da-da. Drunk robot husband. Drunk robot husband. I love it. Yes, excellent. Drunk robot chase. Um, what we saw tonight was uh, a Lionface Productions produced. Staged reading at Grounds for Doc Coffee Shop. Uh, Iphigenia and Other Daughters, directed by Sarah Chambers. It was very, very well done. That is uh, a show it's that an I adaptation would... of Euripides. Yeah. It, it, and that was a, so often we go into stage readings and we're like, how will this work? Is there any interest for there? And I'm not sure how that would work as a full set, but I would really love to to like boil down and just do that middle portion, that second Electra, part. Electra, the yeah, yeah, part two, Electra. Just put that on stage on its feet. Well, I'd like I'd like that. to put the whole thing on on stage at some point. We we own the scripts, so I mean. <laughs> But technically, that's, I own but that's them, illegal, yeah. and we wouldn't do that. Well, no, we, we could we could purchase the rights again. Okay, owning okay. owning the scripts is fine because I purchased them. Lionface purchased a couple. I purchased a couple, um, and we bought the rights to do the performance for tonight, um, which I think was uh, some money well spent for the performance. Absolutely, um, and should we decide we wanted to stage it, we already have scripts now, and um, you know, then we only have to purchase the rights for performance. But I think that I would like to see that performed. At some I'd love point. to do the whole set. <laughs> so there's, of course, every Greek play is a trilogy, ended with a satyr. I would love to do different adaptations for all three parts. So you get different voices telling the same story all three ways. I think that would be kind of a neat thing to do. <laughs> that could be. Yeah, one of the reasons but, I like this you adaptation. Know what, Ryan? As much as I want to hear about what you like about this. Oh, are we going to stop bantering and we're going to get into the play that this we're going to actually play we're talk talking about? about? No, yeah, we should probably actually get into the play we're here to talk about. Before Chase goes, guys, it's one in the morning. You need to go home. <laughs> no, Cassie's more likely to do that. Yeah, that's, that's true. None job. of us work tomorrow. Do you work tomorrow? I go to church and teach Sunday school tomorrow. You can do that. Well, hungover. she kind of works then if she has to teach Sunday school. She can do that hungover. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. <laughs> I'm She's kinda... laughing because her mother's the other teacher. <laughs> Sorry, Wendy. Excellent. Wendy, I hope that you listen to this, and I hope that you know that Cassie's hung over. I also hope you know Ryan is the bad influence. Wait, uh-uh. Mm. His name's Ryan Halfhill. Just contact me. I'll give I've you met Wendy. Yeah. So, the play we're going to be talking about today is As You Like It, which is one of my favorites. And As You Like It is wonderful, and though, uh, to, to quote George Bernard Shaw, who... Uh, famously hated this play. He called it As You Like It. I do like it. Thank you. <laughs> but George Bernard Shaw did not. And well, is... I don't like all of George Bernard Shaw. Oh, I can't say that I do either. But I, do but like I thought it was interesting uh, in my research to get prepared for tonight that uh, there are some famous critics of the play. Well, it's not... Shaw being one of them. So, when we when we did uh, Winner's Tale, I made fun of that play a lot because it's insane and it doesn't make like a lick of sense. And As You Like It is just a more grounded version of the same play. We're like, did you, you didn't, you really didn't know that was what was going on. There's not a rich baby, but there is some. <laughs> but I feel like, <coughs> I feel like we get the same character of the clown back again. Well, this has a better clown. 
Well, this okay. This, this has, has a better fool. This has a better fool. This has Touchstone, who I probably like this play so much because Touchstone is my favorite fool, and we all know I love a good fool. Um, but you we, are a fool. I am. But we get the shepherd, mm-hmm. and he's a, a new clown. But he he's very much you know whoopaa so they're, they're, the I, only I won't be party to this. She does not participate in the what pause. First, that's untrue. Go find our hidden April Fool's Day because she did what paw. If you can't April. find it, it's because uh, something is going wrong for whatever reason. I don't know why. Chase iTunes, didn't put it on iTunes. I I swear to you that I did, but it's certainly, it certainly is on... Um, it's on our, our website. It's on our website. It's, it's on, on our, our website, website. With, a, with some pretty cool bespoke artwork for it. Ooh. Yeah. So this play, we, let's go through the rundown. Let's get the nitty gritty out okay. because I could talk forever about all of the characters in it. Well, yeah, we'll obviously. We'll do that we, in the second half. Yes, yeah, so we'll cover that in the second half of, uh, we'll, we'll do that in episode 14. So let's so, get through the so, plot. So the plot of this play, the first act involves a lot of wrestling. For no good reason. Yes, and we start with brothers. We start with two Oliver brothers. Oliver and Orlando. By the way, I won the beer game. I brought two brothers beer. Uh-huh. I can't say that you won the beer game. Because you can't admit that I'm right. But two brothers. Yeah, well, two brothers is the least important part of the play. Oh, there are two sets there of two brothers. There are two sets of two brothers. Yes, but there are so also it's, it's, the, it's the most meaning. important part of the play is not the brothers. It's Rob. Anyway, I, we start I, I disagree with, with that, but we'll go we'll go into that in a second thing. But we start with two brothers. We start with Oliver and Orlando. Oliver's the older brother. Right. Who has denied Orlando the right of education. Yes. And is in so because of this, Orlando has grown up being just rough and tumbling. And ready to fight fucking everything. And, and that is an ongoing theme. Yes, it is. Yeah, Orlando would rather punch everything in the face. And he yes. does, starting with his brother. He starts with Oliver's like, no, you don't get an education. You're not going to take my place. You don't matter. And Orlando's like, I'm going to make your teeth bleed. To quote uh, uh, Cleopatra, I feel like Orlando and Cleopatra would get along well until one of them. Until one of them punched the other one in the mouth. As soon as those magnets flipped, they would both have bloody teeth. So they that like that's how the play starts. I don't think Orlando would feel bad about it. No. no. Well, and that's why so much of this play is about these, like, the brothers, because we start the play with a fight between brothers. Yes. And so that sets off the entire action. Well, Shakespeare likes to start plays with fights between brothers. <clears throat> yes. <coughs> but we have, we have the fight between those brothers, and we have the fight between Duke Frederick. Yep, Frederick and, and Senior. And Senior, who are also brothers. Right. And Frederick is yes, the... Duke Senior is the Duke, and yeah. Frederick. So Duke Senior is the old Duke, and Duke Frederick is the new Duke. And well, he... he's not Senior; he's Senior. It's in France. It's Senior. Anyway, um, Duke Frederick mm-hmm. believes that his brother is trying to take over. Nope. Or do I have no, them backwards? No, no. Do you have senior, I have them senior, backwards. Senior believes that Frederick. Senior is trying believes to take Frederick over. is trying to take over, so he banishes Frederick. Nope. I'm sorry. Apparently, you're, 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 you've got it backwards. So, well, Duke, then I had it right the first time, and Duke I was Senior, corrected. But it's not that Duke Senior thinks Frederick is trying Frederick, to take you're over. So <laughs> Senior's like, life is great. I am an, a very egalitarian ruler, and Frederick's like, that's the dumbest way you could rule. That's stupid. I like capitalism. Get the fuck out of here. And so he kicks his brother out at 
at Spear Point. Um, and there's a lovely scene in uh, Act 1, Scene 2, where uh, two courtiers are talking about the difference between, I think it's Adam. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about New Duke, Old Duke, Old Duke, New Duke, Senior Duke, New Duke. And it's one of those times where, like, so much of this play is bad puns, but Shakespeare really gets this, like, nice little punny, New Duke, Old Duke, Old Duke, New Duke, Senior Duke is now the Old Duke thing going who's on. on. Who's on first? What's on yeah, second? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful who's yeah. on first moment. Um, but so, Old Duke, Duke Senior, he's out. But and his, he's gone to the forest. But his daughter. But his daughter is allowed to stay. Rosalind. Right, Rosalind. because otherwise, Duke Frederick's daughter. Celia. Would have left. Because Celia is best friends with Rosalind. Yes. They are closer than sisters. So Duke Frederick lets Rosalind stay, but he makes it clear that it's on conditions. Because I don't trust you. I believe that you are a traitor like your father. And that you are going to try and take over. And I don't trust you as far as I can throw you. Do you know, speaking of throwing, I hope that all comes to head at a wrestling match. You know, as a matter of fact, Beth, it does. So the champion wrestler is coming to town. And he no one in, has ever beaten him. He comes in, uh, and he, he first comes to Oliver, and Oliver says, My brother punched me in the face. Charles, champion, go punch him in his stupid face. So Of course we get across to Orlando. Yeah. Who yeah. then who has at first sight fallen in love with Ralph. Right. Well and Ro- I mean, that's after the match. They don't meet till after the match because Rosalind and Cecile are hanging out, being super witty, yes. really smart, yes. really witty women, and being hilarious with Touchstone. Well, and Rosalind, Rosalind is often considered to be Shakespeare's finest female character. I and she's I definitely I, up there. She's definitely up there. I think Cecile is also. Celia. Celia, sorry, is also because Celia of, holds her own. She does, and I actually. Well, this is this is a play with two yeah. very good, mm-hmm. good, important female roles. I, I, and in, in the second part here, I'll go into a little bit more of why I actually like her better than Rosaline. Yeah, and what I the parallel that I noticed reading through this oh, was man, between <laughs> um, Rosaline and Celia, and then. Beatrice and Hero. Yes. Where you have, Hero is that pure, good-hearted, like, sweet, likable character who never says a bad thing about anybody and isn't terribly witty. Yeah, I think it's fine. It's cold enough. But then with with Celia, if you know much to do, you kind of go into it almost with that same expectation because you know that relationship. And then Celia kind of turns it on its head. She does. Because she is right there keeping pace with Rosalind the whole time. And she's delightful. Yeah, she she's is wonderful. She is her equal. She is the other half there. Yeah. And so they see the wrestling <laughs> match yep. in which Charles the champion uh, yes, does not beat Orlando. No, in fact, Orlando is like, I punched my brother in the face. I will punch you in the face. And Charles uh, is defeated... He's defeated, and Rosalind was watching. She's like, "Oh my god, did you see that wrestler? He's that guy. He's super hot." She and Orlando, of course, feels the same way. Her her fangirl, she fangirls in such a way that makes you go, "This is the one of the." Oh man, this beer got really happy as soon as I opened it. It was happy to be drunk. This is the smartest. This is one of the smartest women he ever wrote. She is like falling. 
all oh, over. falling hard. So it's none of this like, oh, I'm above being in love. And she is completely gone. So Duke Ferdinand wants to meet this champion who beat Charles and wants to like rain praises down upon him. And then they go, yeah, this is, uh, this is- Roland's son. Roland's son. Oh, Roland? And he's like, oh, no, I wish he hadn't told me that. Could you have been from any other father? Like, how dare you be his son? He's my enemy. You're my enemy. Because I'm pretty sure I killed your dad. And Orlando gets kicked out. Yep. Yep. And so Orlando... Oliver doesn't, then. No. No, because Oliver keeps his mouth shut at appropriate times (laughs) to keep his mouth shut. Unlike Orlando. Well, it's because Orlando doesn't know any better. Yeah. Yeah. Because he hasn't been educated. Purpose, purposely by Oliver doesn't know any better. And so, <laughs> one of my favorite lines from that part. All right. So it's the very end, right before Orlando's told to leave. I must from the smoke into the smolder. and From the smoke to the smother. From tyrant duke unto tyrant brother. But heavenly Rosalind. I love that. That's just a really good play on words. Mm-hmm. From the smoke into the smother. So, you know, his brother's keeping him down, and now the Duke is trying to, like, just get rid of him. <laughs> Real quick in the middle of this, I'm going to try and play my favorite game. Hey, Cassie, drink this beer. God, I hate this game this so is, much. This is Sophie. It's a Belgian-style farmhouse ale, and it is delightful. <laughs> Cassie is making a face that implies that she will not like this beer. It's I've the only smelled so far. If you were to smell rancid ham... That's the face that Cassie's making. She's already setting herself up to dislike this. She hasn't no. even given him a chance yet. I can smell it. It doesn't smell good. It tastes. Like, it smells delicious. It tastes like ginger and happiness. How do I play this game? I don't know. It's my favorite game. Peer pressure. Uh, <laughs> yes, my favorite game. Successful once again. Make Cassie try this beer. This beer is uh, Sophie. Uh, it is a Belgian... Farmhouse ale. You better put liquor in that tea. Uh, and the reason the farmhouse ale liquor. is important, she has booze. She has a, a mule. I finished um, it even. But the reason the reason farmhouse ale is important because this is a pastoral comedy. <laughs> I can smell it from here. It's delightful. It's really pastoral. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna go later. We'll talk about the smelling smelling uh, when we talk about the way uh, the older shepherd. Discusses his hands and how the farmer wouldn't do well in court. So anyway, where were we? So yeah. uh, sorry, I had, so to, or- I had to. Orlando do that. has been banished, and, and next we're going to start into scene three of Act One, in which the Duke comes in and is like, "All right, Rosalind, I know I said you could stay, but you are outshining my daughter. People are praising your virtues. They're praising your beauty, your patience, your kindness, and my daughter looks." Uh, Haggard next to you. So, you gotta go. You get out of here. And I love, she like, she talks back to him. She doesn't, she's, she over says, and over again, yeah. You know, let me know the knowledge of my faults. And your father was a traitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your mistrust cannot make me a traitor is one of her lines. And I love that no, yeah, line. Yeah, Rosalind, Rosalind doesn't take any yeah. shit. She's like, just because you don't trust me does not mean that I've done anything wrong. It no, means you're, you're a, a paranoid a bastard. Yeah, you're a son yeah. of a bitch. It's so, your fault. You know, my I, father did nothing wrong. I, was, I have done nothing wrong. Right. I was my father's daughter when you took his kingdom. I was my father's daughter when you banished him. I was my father's daughter this whole time. 
So why right now? Yeah, and just because you're a son of a bitch doesn't mean that any of this is my fault. Yeah. And then Celia says, hey, if you banish her, I am leaving with her. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I didn't ask you to have her stay. You let her stay. You let me grow super close to her. If she goes, I go. And yeah, and I think that Celia, at this point, because of how close she is to Rosalind, and she understands that Rosalind is not, nothing wrong. Yeah, and she and, knows her dad's batshit crazy. Yeah. yeah, she understands that her father is the problem, and that Duke Sr. was not was not a problem. Yeah. So she's like, yep, go fuck yourself, I'm leaving too. Yeah, and, and so, so we get into what I think is one of the most amusing, like, oh no, everything's been taken away from us, my fortunes are completely ruined, what should we do? Hey, would you like to giggle and joke about how we're going to take on different names and I'm going to dress like a boy and we're going to go into the woods? Yes, let's giggle and joke. I'm going to be Gamamede. Who are you going to be? I don't remember the name. Alien? Uh, Ganymede, uh, which Alien. means... No, I, I, Alien. I know. Aliena. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, Ganymede means Joe's... It's Joe's... Joe's own be- page. Yeah, so it's Joe's beautiful... Ganymede was this beautiful page that um, Jove had. And Alina is Latin Latin for stranger. Yeah. Alina. Aliena. Aliena. So she's going to be a stranger, and uh, they're going to leave, and they're going to go into the woods. They go to the forest of Arden. Yep. Or or Arden. There's there's multiple... But do you know what would be super funny before we go? That that fool that your dad likes. Let's grab Touchstone. Yeah, Yeah. that fool your dad really likes. Let's take him with us. Because he will go anywhere for us. Yes, well, he'll go anywhere for you, Eliana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yes, um, and there's actually lots of things that go into uh, Arden. It could be, the Forest of Arden could be the actual Forest of Arden, which is in Luxembourg, Belgium, France. It could also refer to Arden Warwickshire, which is where Shakespeare's family hailed from. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are characters in here that let us believe that it is France. Well, the, the, the it's set in a French duchy, yes. But the the actual placement of the Forest of Arden could be, you know. And then there's actually some allusions to the fact that the Forest of Arden could be a combination of Arcadia, mm-hmm. the the mythical forest of Arcadia, and the Garden of Eden, Arden. It's food for thought. Yeah. It is food for thought. It's a lot of thought. There is a lot of thought. Because it, because for the most part, other than the fact that we've got names like Roland and Du Bois and things like that, there's not really anything to tell us where they are. Yeah, there's nothing that gives yeah. it a... a well, I mean, the, the uh, several of the names, Jock, several of the names are French uh, or Belgian in nature. I've, so I've always called him Jock. But the last, but... the last stage reading I saw of it and the last uh, radio play... Uh, I listened to. It's Jaquees, which would be the English way of making fun of the name Jacques. And the because the, Jacques is pronounced yes, the, the way it's spelled is pronounced is, Jacques. Is pronounced Jacques. But the um, the argument for Jaquees is because when you get into the verse, it doesn't scan unless it's two syllables. Yeah. So and, when you get to the place where we're in iambic pentameter and his name is mentioned in a line. It has to be two syllables for the well. Um, Jacques was makes more sense than Jaquees. Well, <laughs> but I, I agree with you, but Jaquees is how I've always heard it said. But yeah, I'll, I'll fight anybody who tries to tell me Jaquees is how you say that name. It's just another funny way of an English person making fun of the French. Jacques. 
I could, I could see, I could get, I could get behind even as to make it two syllables, but I'm not. I, I <laughs> refuse. <laughs> I refuse. I repudiate. I repudiate Jacquees. And if there wasn't another character named Jacques in this, right? Because there are two. Because why not? <laughs> because we're yeah. Because there are two. We're just gonna have a Jacques and a Jacquees. Yeah. So why not? So Jacques, we... Jacques was. I can get behind, but okay. no Jayquees. Okay, but just give me two syllables. It's all. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. But we get to the Forest of Arden. We meet Duke Senior and his court, and oh. who are not handling banishment well. Well, I mean, they're handling it pretty well. Some of them are handling it. Okay. They're living in the woods. They're living in the woods. I understand why they're not handling it well. I wouldn't be either. I would have no problem. I'd be perfectly content. I know you would. Um, you also would be perfectly fine. E- with a whole bunch of potatoes buried in the ground that you had lit on fire. And that would be how you bake them. I'm pretty sure I, that's how you made those potatoes that one time. I don't even know what that means. You made potatoes by, like, burying them in some, like, fiery dirt. I think it was coals or something. Yeah, well, yeah I've done, potatoes I've done, coals I've done that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. But uh, not fiery dirt. <laughs> yeah, like, it was I like the like, dirt was on fire. I didn't light the ground on fire. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what you did. But Duke Senior is making the most of this. And he's an interesting character because he's not really fighting this. He, he's not fighting anything. He he's is just so... he's like, okay, we live in the woods now. He's like, this is what happens now. <laughs> if you had to pick a character, if you, a character tree for him, it's just pure... Optimism. Yeah. That this this is uh this is the way life goes. So there's yeah, this I'm concept, here now. This is what I do now. There's okay. this concept of the wheel of fortune, which is very prevalent at Shakespeare's time. Mm-hmm. So you may be up one day and you'll be down the next. So the wheel of fortune, Shakespeare talks about it quite a bit. But um Duke Senior, he's really he's just like, you know what, we're on the wheel of fortune. We're down right now. We may be up later, but tell you yeah, what. Yeah, he's a forest, very he's a fatalistic character. Forest, Not optimistic. He's fatalistic. The 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 forest provides everything we need. And tell you what, I got some good people who can sing here, and they'll sing some some beautiful because, songs. Because fate that's the wheel of fortune. You know the the Greek Roman concept of it. The yeah. Nordic concept is fate. Mm-hmm. And but he's a very fatalistic character. I'd say that more than optimistic. I guess whenever I think of fatalistic, I think of very uh, Euro European um, philosophers because of the man I'm married to, and fatalism is um, a very negative connotation. See, I, I I don't consider it negative at all. I'm a I'm a fatalist. You know, it's like you know the the all father. Well, the all father wove the skein of your life a long time ago, and you can go and hide in a hole if you want to, but you won't live one minute longer. So just live your life the way you're going to live your life, and you're going to die whenever you die, and that's the way you're meant to be. And there's nothing negative about that, unless you murder Erd, and then you're good. (laughs) (laughs) If you murder Erd, then she can't cut your your skein. You're good. Ryan is currently making the face of I don't even have time right now to tell you how wrong you are, and in a second he's going to come back with. Oh, actually, skull. sorry, actually, no, that's it. It's going to bother me if I don't. Bell, Bell Dandy, Skull, and Earth. No, Ver Dandy. Bell Dandy. Oh my god. Literally. <laughs> anyway, so we meet. Um, Duke Senior's. This is the second recording in a row I've broken you. I hate you. <laughs> we meet Duke Senior's court in the woods, and, oh, and some our... of them are adapting fairly well, and, and then you have. Are doing poorly. Then you have Jacques. And we get to meet him through. First, through all of these guys, they're like, he is nothing but just walking melancholy. He is so fucking malcontent. 
Like, uh, I don't know why he's even here, except for that he hates himself and he thinks that being in this woods will make it better because he deserves to be fucking punished for being Well, because he, he, Jacques is the epitome of pastoral romantic poetry. Because it is, all pastoral romance is about the tortured fucking shepherd, you know, we're gonna, dick bag, and that's we're, what Jack was is. We're going to put a pin on that, because I have a whole thing about how he's the antithesis to Touchstone. Yeah. And I got to play him. And, I, yes, I, and, I and you got to play him, because I think that this character reads really well as a woman. Well, the, and, and this this play is not Shakespeare's only foray into women pretending to be men, which is actually right. this this actually this has a, this is just a better. Well, but this play actually has an allusion to it in the end of the play when Rosalind, who is no. there, are so many. The end of no, 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 but, no, but, but this, but this is this one is specifically referen- referential to the fact that it is a man because it would have been a boy mm-hmm. at the time playing Rosalind. It is that the speech in particular is referential to a boy playing a woman playing a boy playing a woman. Well, and we got that we because got that, that is Rosalind. We got that in Antony and Cleopatra too, where she talked about um, I won't be I you know the tragedies that they'll put on for us in Rome with some mewling you know unbearded boy playing me. So this is I like that he. It's very self-referential. This entire play is self-referential. Yes. He pulls out, like, he talks about Troilus and Cressida in here. Mm-hmm. He brings up Midsummer Night. Well, this has, like, the, this has the the greatest self-referential speech yeah, about he, performance. He, he keeps bringing himself up over and over again. But specifically, Shakespeare references Shakespeare inside this play. He alludes to his own plays. Yes. Which is... That's how you know you've made it to the big time. (laughs) Yeah. When I can allude to me in my own work, (laughs) and other people are like, oh yeah, that wasn't really important. Well, and and when we get, when we eventually get to that speech, well, the speech that, you know, the... the, You're talking about all the worlds. I'm talking about something different. Yes. We're talking about two different speeches. I, I was referring to a different speech as well, but when we get to all the world, it's the most self-referential speech that Shakespeare wrote is in this play. Mm-hmm. I got to perform. And it is, it is one of his best. And so when we get there, it's going to be, you know, that's, yeah. you know. Um, so, okay. But it's not but, the first time where he yeah. has done the gender swap. Right, right. No, it, it comes up a lot. But other... Um, he uses first... it to great effect a lot of times, mm-hmm. actually. Often. So I, I think that, like, when we first meet Some the of Duke's, his better female characters. Well, when we first meet the Duke's court, the only point is to introduce... Je- Jockless. Jockless. Thank you. I didn't know what I could say with We're not calling him <laughs> Jayquees, okay? I wanted to make sure I got it right before you yelled at me. And then you yelled at me anyway. And then we move straight on to the fact that we find out that Orlando is also, surprisingly enough, in the Forest of Arden with his manservant well, because, Adam. Well, because he's been chased off. Ooh, sneeze. That was a big one. Yeah. Ooh. He, he goes to try and get gain access to Oliver's house. Right. And Oliver's Adam, free, the old why. servant, comes out and he's like, you you can't go in there. Yeah. You're not allowed. I'm not allowed anymore either. My apologies. Yeah, you can't you can't go in there anymore. Let's I'm apparently please. I love you. Let's leave. Let's leave together. And then it's like, well, where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do if I can't go to my brother's house and mooch off of him? And Adam's like, let's let's go to the woods. And we meet uh, 
uh, Corrin, who they buy his cottage, or, you know. Well, well we, we, uh, yeah, so we also, then, let's cut to Ganymede. We also, we also had the scene earlier that we skipped over with Duke Ferdinand, where he goes, wait, what do you mean nobody can find my daughter? <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't know that she's R-U-N-N-O-F-T. <laughs> What what do you mean that she actually left like she said she would if I banished her? Yeah, cousin? she's R U N N O F T. No, 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 no. Tell me you've you've seen Oh Brother Where Art Thou? <laughs> we okay. that's what that's in reference to is R U N N O F T. R U N N O F T. Okay. Because he's talking about you know his yeah. wife is run off. Yes. So <laughs> yeah, I in this that, in this case, it's his daughter. It actually it. I don't think I think the reason we didn't skip that, or we didn't skip it, because that's actually part of the beginning of Act Three, is when he's like, "Oh yeah, where's Touchstone? Where's my daughter? What the?" Well, but first we have to get to the fact that yeah, so, Rosalind, who's in love with Orlando, and Orlando, so, who is in love with Rosalind, or, meet or, each other as Danny Mead and and so, Orlando. We're skipping a bunch of stuff. So Orlando yeah. and Adam go into the woods, and then next scene comes in. There's uh, Rosalind and. Celia in disguise. In disguise. With Touchstone. And Touchstone. They all come to the wood and then they meet. Oh, uh, well, first Orlando has posted. Coven. His, posted. Not, nope, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Oh, no, sorry. That's right. They meet They meet the. They the... So Corn and Sylvia. Yes, yes. They meet Corn and they're like, hey, we're really hungry. Can you help us? And they're like, I'd love to, but my well, I master. I don't have any money. I don't have any food because my master's selling this place. I just watch these sheep. <laughs> and then. Uh, I'm broke. Aliena. It's like, well. I'm a rich How? baby. I'm a rich she baby. She is a rich baby. I'm a rich baby. Oh, bringing it back. I'm a rich baby and I'm in this wood. Can I buy you your You couldn't car? see it. You couldn't see it, but we high five. Yeah. Not well. It was a poor <laughs> high five. Not a good high five. It wasn't good. We'll teach them later. But it happened. But we did. We did high five because Cassie brought it back to that rich baby. We got a rich, rich baby. baby. So, I'm a rich baby in the woods. Can I buy your farm? And then you can... And she is. She's in the woods. It's perfect. She's like, you can keep doing all of the work. But I want to play shepherdess for a while, so here's the money. I'm going to be a rich baby that's aware that I'm a rich baby. Right. <laughs> so she buys the farm, and Touchstone is supposed Not to... Not in the way that buys the farm is normally referential. No, she literally, literally buys the farm. Literally she buys a farm literally. Not figuratively, but yes. literally. So she, Touchstone is supposed to be helping work it. And Ganymede and she are gonna run this farm. Yes, they're gonna run this farm Corrin. and Touchstone is and Corrin's, help. Corrin's son is also around. He's also a so, shepherd. Sylvius? Sylvius. Sylvius who does nothing but pine after Phoebe. Yep. Yes. So there He's are in love with Phoebe. There love are with Phoebe. four couples in this play. Yes. So, this so is... keep up. Yeah. There's four couples. We and we haven't even Sylvia... got we no, don't go. Don't spoiler alert this. Come on. If I didn't spoiler alert it, I would just say it right now. I know. So we're going to start off with... We've at least... We know that we've got Orlando and Rosaline. Yeah. Orlando and Rosaline. And then... Who are in the forest together, but they don't know that they're in the forest together. All right. And we've already said that Sylvia... Sylvia's Sylvia's is in love with Phoebe. Phoebe. It's Phoebe. We haven't met Phoebe yet. We no, we have not met left, Phoebe yet. Which is fine, because Phoebe's... We have also not met Audrey. Right. We haven't met Audrey yet. So let's not give away the rest of the couples. No, that's we, fine. Yeah, let's not give them away. Yep. Okay, so but then, then Orlando and Adam. Yep. Orlando and Adam. Oh, they um, find the Duke. 
They find well, the so yeah. So they rush in and they're like, when we meet, we've met Jacques now. We've met Jacques. He's pining about the forest and being melancholy. And we get this beautiful song. I really like the song. In fact, I made uh, Katie sing the song. You did when we did this this particular scene that we're coming up to. We did this particular act as one of our Shakespeare act one acts. Um, because I really like. Oh, yeah, when we did Shakespeare shorts. Yeah, I really yeah. like Jacques. 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 There's no long E. <laughs> You're gonna Jakes. Make... Jakes. We're gonna call him Jakes. So the Jakey the, Poo. The Duke has been looking for Jacques. Jacques has been avoiding the Duke. Yep. Uh, because he can't handle it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not about it. So Orlando and Adam are like starving, walking through the woods because they don't know how to pick berries. Apparently, apparently. Well, well they're. They're idiots. They are idiots. Adam is I mean, old. They are yeah. slow of study. They are. They can't pick up on things that are in front of their faces. They are slow of study. That's, that's so, correct. So, uh, so, they're all about to sit down. The Duke and his men are about to sit down to food, and Orlando comes in, swinging a sword. Like a cock. Like, coming in, threatening people, going, don't touch anything, I'm gonna take your food, feed me or I kill you all. Well, and there's a funny... And the, no, Duke's, funny... the Duke's like, sit. Have the fucking why don't you, food. Why don't you sit down and eat with us? Funny story is, uh, it's often considered that Shakespeare may have played the role of Adam. Okay. When this was performed. As the old there's, man? Yeah. There's no necessary, necessarily, there's not necessarily proof of this. It's like an apocryphal story. But it's a but fun story. The fun story is that Shakespeare himself played Adam when they performed As You Like It. I can get behind that. So that's a little bit of a, like, a little tidbit trivia. <laughs> It's tidbit. another it's another question for the Shakespeare time machine. That's right. Shakespeare time machine. When we get that motherfucker mm-hmm. up and running. We do love the rumors. We can pop back in time and see if Shakespeare did, in fact, play Adam when they did As You Like It. And we can I'm find out. Going. It's going to smell too bad. And we can find out what day Shakespeare was actually born. True. Instead of question mark <laughs> 15-something. And whether or not Edward DeVere was anywhere around. And then anybody who tries to tell me this whole baconian, and then my shit, godfather though, will stop. He'll just stop. The baconians are—it's not bacon. Well, I'm obviously it's not bacon because the the father of fucking forensics had no time with everything else he was fucking doing. He had no time to be pretending to be William Shakespeare. And fuck anybody who says they're fucking Devere did it. Fuck all them too. Billy Shakes wrote his shit. You brought up Devere, and now I'm mad. Well, stop being mad. The reason I brought up Devere is one of the, the first time I introduced... Ryan mad! Ryan often mad. When I first introduced my husband to my uncle-slash-godfather, uh, Ted, he handed us... We were talking about Lion Face, and he handed us, which meant he came prepared with this, from Kentucky, a full folder filled with all of the documentation that he felt proved that Edward Devere, because he belongs to the Deverian Society. I'm glad I never met him. He's a wonderful person. You would have enjoyed him because he would have talked with you about it instead of just being like, you're wrong. He would have like been like, no, but I would have ran mad. Okay, so, anyway, but before he Orlando. might not have enjoyed yeah. it. Never mind. Yeah, he wouldn't have enjoyed it. <laughs> before Orlando, because he's wrong. <laughs> before Orlando crashes the party, Jacquez actually meets him in the woods offstage, right? No. He meets Touchstone. He meets Touchstone. Yes, so, he but, meets Touchstone yeah. in the woods. Yeah, so, so Jacquez meets Touchstone in the woods, and he comes back, and he's Can like, I met a... Can still? Oh, a fool, a fool, I met a fool in the woods, a motley fool, a miserable world. Uh, by, as I do live and breathe, I met a fool who laid him down and basked him in the sun and railed on Lady Fortune in good terms, in good set terms, and yet, a motley fool. 
Motley is the only where. Motley is the only where. So Jack Lees goes and does this whole thing about, I should be a fool. Because then I could say whatever the fuck I wanted about people. Which, and you would just laugh. you think I was it, funny. He because does it well, anyway, Because though. most of the fools, the reason they get away with what they just say whatever they say. And they get away with it because they're either dimwitted or, you know, whatever. That's they their have. role. That's their role. Yeah. Is they're mm-hmm. supposed to poke fun at the establishment. They also have short lifespans. Well, yes, because someone gets pissed off and they murder them instead. Touchstone has this wonderful little segment later about the... The Varians also have a short lifespan. It's true. So, actually, Ted's very old now. Not really. Sorry, Ted. You'll never listen to this. It doesn't matter. So, uh, Touchstone has this wonderful, like, how how to survive as a fool speech Mm -hmm. about the seven uh, rebuttals that you can get. Like, I say your beard is poorly cut. And this, you could give me this, and this, and this, and this, and this is your response, and I can tell you what kind of man you are depending on one of seven different responses you give mm-hmm. me. Um, so, he, like, they play back to this, like, I could die at any moment because you could just come up and shoot me because I said really nasty things about the way your beard is cut. Yeah, yeah. well, and Touchstone, Touchstone is, in my opinion, the most eloquent oh, of the fools. He's so good, and he is the best of the fools. Mm, so the he's, only, the only, he's my favorite, but the only other one that gives him a run for his money is Lear's fool. Well, the only, the only—that's actually what I was about to bring up. The only other fool that is in the same level is the fool, which that is an entire like from Lear. That's another podcast entirely. That oh no, no, yeah, seriously, like six other my, podcasts. Now my my personal favorite has one scene. It's true. You like the porter. The porter is in, is my favorite. We've drunkenly talked about fools many, many times because I like fools. And will many, which many is, more. Yeah, because it has like... come up almost every episode. Well, because every, every because there's almost always a fool to discuss. Had I gone back to grad school, mm-hmm. had I gone for continuing in English... Continuating? Continuating. Yes, she okay. could continue. I am making up English words. Leave it alone. Shakespeare, Shakespeare did. did it. Eyeball. <laughs> Eyeball. Huh? Come on. All right. So if I was to con- continuate, mm-hmm. um, I would have focused in Shakespeare. If you had continuated your matriculation? I, w- I would have done my thesis, my my study on the fool. Mm-hmm. You'd have continuated your matriculation on the fool? I'm going to punch you in the matriculation. Don't hit my dude apples. <laughs> All right. So either way. We're back in the Forest of Arden, right? This yeah. is a really, like, disjointed one. I think it's because we saw so much theater and we all hyped up from it. Probably. But Orlando comes. He's invited to sit at the table. He brings Adam he in. brings Adam in. And the Duke finds out, you are... You're Roland's son. son. Well, you know what, Roland? I love that guy. So you stay with us. We got you. We got you. And then Jake Guise delivers the beautiful speech. All the world's a stage. All the world's a stage. All and the women and women. Yes. Merely players. I don't know if you want me to. But I, I do. do. I yep. do. You haven't had enough to drink to make it slurry, but we'll take it. Well, that's not going to happen, so. Well, I have, so. All the world's a stage. All the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances, and one man in his time plays many parts. His acts being seven ages. At first, the infant, mewling and puking in the nurse's arms. And then the whining schoolboy with satchel and shining morning face, creeping like snail unwillingly to school. And then the lover, sighing like furnace, with a woeful ballad made to his mistress's eyebrow. Then a soldier full of strange oaths and bearded like the pard, jealous in honor, sudden and quick in quarrel, seeking the bubble reputation even in the cannon's mouth. 
And then the justice, with fair round belly with good cape and lined, with eyes severe and beard of formal cut, full of wise saws and modern instances, and so he plays his part. The sixth age shifts into the lean and slippered pantaloon, with spectacles on nose and pouch on side, his youthful hose well saved, a world too wide for his, uh, Shrunk shank. shank. I'm really glad I made you make that a dick joke. Yep. Yeah. You know. Well, because, I mean, it probably it was yeah. anyway. And his big manly voice turning once again toward childish treble pipes and whistles in his sound. Last scene of all that ends this strange eventful history is second childishness and mere oblivion. Sans teeth, sans eyes, sans taste, sans everything. I did cheat. I did have it in front of me, and I referenced it slightly. But, but it has it. been several months. But well, all the world's a stage is like 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 I said earlier when I referenced it is it is the most self referential part of any Shakespearean play. This is the this speech itself references himself more than anything else he wrote. Well, and especially also, since it doesn't really have much of a lead up. No. And it's never it referenced comes, it comes, after it's It comes said. out of nowhere, and it goes well, nowhere. Okay, so, but... I disagree that it is, like, disjointed to the to the play. I don't think it's because disjointed, but... These, it fits the play, but it doesn't... All of these elderly characters, all of these men mm-hmm. sitting in Arden, all they do... Is talk. Is talk about philosophy. Mm-hmm. That's all they do. That was why I almost brought, I almost brought three philosophers. For, I looked for, for this it. One. I looked no, for they, it. No, well, they had it. I didn't see it. Yeah. Um, um, Three Philosophers is one of my favorite that, beers that, that would have worked really well for this play. I went with Farmhouse Ales instead, Colette and Sophie, because Farmhouse Ales, a pastoral play, both of them named after females. You know, they're not, you so, know, Rosalind and Celia, but they, you know, Colette and Sophie instead. So this play is almost no action. It's all thought. Well, it's a very philosophical play. There is only one person in the entire play who is really in peril, and that's Oliver. And that's to come here in a moment. Yeah. But well, that's because... There's only one person. Everybody else is just like, oh, yeah, well, we just, we'll just leave you crazy duke and we'll go to the forest. And so all they do is sit here and philo- philosophize. Philosophize. <laughs> they talk about They continuate their philosophizing. What, Paul? What, Paul? What, Paul? You can always tell when I crack the third beer because it Not doesn't yet. really English anymore. So the we we get this beautiful "All the World's a Stage" speech. Mm-hmm. Um, I love so, it. It's, it's, no, it's, it's a beautiful, it's beautiful it's speech. This egg, this egg, this uh, this act also gives me my other favorite of Jacques' uh, lines. Which is, I can suck the melancholy out of a song like a weasel sucks eggs. Yes. <laughs> that sounds so modern. Like, we would, uh, it sucks eggs. It just, it's one of my favorite lines from the entire film. Have, have we discussed the fact that then, uh, have we gotten to the part where Orlando and Ros, or, well, Ganymede? Not yet. No, we had, okay. they have, well, so, we, you, we're taking, we're taking quite some time we getting to Well, we're at Act 3. Yeah. So Act 3 starts with, um, Oliver and Duke Frederick. This happens not long after Oliver yeah. uh, So Orlando. Oliver and Duke Frederick are like, Super where's my scene. daughter? Where's, where's Touchstone? My, yeah. I bet they're together. I lost my fool and my daughter. Oliver, if you do not bring me your brother, who I am sure ran off with my daughter and my niece and Touchstone, if you do not bring me your brother in 12 months, I will kill you. It goes a whole year, at least. Yeah. And then we cut to Orlando 
literally writing no, literally taking ream upon ream of horrible Ooh, poetry that so he's bad. written. And nailing, and nailing it, it to the to trees, trees in the forest. Uh, proclaiming his love for Rosalind. Oh, it's so bad. And too. and Touchstone and Corin come in and... They're like, this, what is going on? This is so bad. What, what, what are you doing? Yeah. It's, it's... Thank you, so, life. So, Cor- Thank so, you your choices. This is, this is where Corn and Touchstone are like, they're talking to each other about the difference between, you know, uh, when I was at home, I was in a better place. Uh, I don't, I like it here, except for that it's here. Yeah, this place is great, except it's, it's this just place. place. Um, and Corin's like, you know what? The farm doesn't work well in court, and the court doesn't work well in the farm. And <laughs> Touchstone's like, why? And he's like, well, they're, you know, the farm's kind of coarse, and you guys kiss hands, and my coarse hands wouldn't go well. And Touchstone goes, mm, no, that's too simple. So give me another example of why. Well, you know, we help sheep give birth, and then all their gross stuff is on us, and, but you guys still kiss hands. And he's like, mm, it's still too vague. Give me another example. So he keeps just doing this, like, why? But why? why? It's a, it's an are you why? there? Are we there yet? Yeah, it's this terror. Like, that, like that's it's like my like. child going, "Are we there yet?" Yeah. I literally said a minute ago that we had you know this long to go. Are we there yet? I'm going to come back there. Yeah. And our, our throw hand, you out of the car. What is it? <laughs> our hands are harder, uh, but then your lips will feel them sooner. So that's shallow. Again, a more sounder instance. Uh, they're all tarred over from surgery. Mm, oh, shallow. Like he he just. Does because Touchstone's such a dick. <laughs> Touchstone's entire other point is to he's like just trying to get a rise. Out no, of he's Korn, trying. Yeah, and Corn's like, no, I can't give you a rise because Corn's Corn's too going. Life, yeah. I just want to watch these sheep eat grass. That's all I want to do, dude. Well, because he's a shepherd. Uh, yeah, and he I, loves his life as I am a, a shepherd. I'm and... a true laborer. I earn that I eat. I get that I wear. I owe no man no hate. I envy no man's happiness. Glad of other man's oh, yeah. good, Cor- content Cor- with my own heart. He's simple life. Like, he's just like, yeah, this is... So this idea that everybody has of pastoral nature as we get through uh, restoration and into romantic poetry, corn is the embodiment of that. Which drives Cor- Touchstone nuts because Cor- he just Cor- wants Cor- to is the Corn Cor- is the embodiment of a true pastoral shepherd. Yeah. Whereas Jacquus is... The romanticized bullshit version of he's melancholy and it right. writes the right. fucking so bullshit. Here's here. Jacquus is the worst. <laughs> Jacquus is the Byron. Corin is Percy Shepherd. They're talking about the same thing. Just one's like uh, about it, and the other one's like blah, 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 about it. I don't know. It, so. I like I like Byron more than that. Anyway, well then, I uh, you like so they Jacques better than you think. Touchstone and Corn have this conversation, and then he's like, "Oh, here comes Ganymede," and Rosalind and Celia enter, and Rosalind has these poems <laughs> written in her name on and the tree. So excited! And she's like, she's reading about them, and Touchstone is takes them and reads them, and is saying, "You know, these are these are horrible." And she's like, "Stop it! This is sweet. It's and about like, me. Is, it's about me, adorable." And then as soon as Touchstone leaves. Uh, and Celia's like, look at these poems. And Ross is like, they're real bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're soup's bad, but you, it's him. But and they are about her. They are and her. they are by Orlando. But 
Sarah and says, Rosalind has the whole love at first sight with Orlando. No, she totally does. And it doesn't dampen how she feels, but I love the exchange. Didst thou hear these verses? Oh, yes, I heard them all and more too, for some of them had in them more feet than the verses would bear. <laughs> They're real shit, bad. This oh. shit is real, real bad. And I love that Shakespeare gives us at least three of these truly awful. Oh, yeah, poems. no, yeah, he wrote and I do, three of them. I do wanna, I do wanna read this, do. the shortest one. From the east to western end, no jewel is like Rosalind. Her Ugh. worth being mounted on the wind through all the world bears Rosalind. Ugh. All the pictures fairest lined are but black to Rosalind. Ugh, Let Rosalind. no fair be kept in mind but the fair of Rosalind. Oh, so bad. Um, so they're, they're, they're just terrible. They're terrible. Oh, and yeah, they're garbage. And they're she's everywhere. So, she's so smitten. And well, no, she because she, like, they saw each other, and it was that literally the moment in the movie where it's like, oh... Oh, and they fucking be like they we run could, across the we, beach with their could, arms like flouncing. We and, you call know. it a meat cute. They had an adorable. They had a meat cute. cute. No, this she, is not a meat she, cute. This is a meat horrifying. Well, it was a, it was cute. He's <laughs> all sweaty. It, it, it was a cute, yeah. and now it's become horrifying. He's all sweaty yeah. from wrestling. She thinks that's super attractive. He's all glistening. She likes it. She likes she it glistening hands, in the sun. She hands him. She's like, oh, you pretty boy. Here's a pretty necklace for a pretty boy, and she puts her necklace on him. Yeah, and that's actually how. Uh, Eliana, uh, yeah, points out like you know these are from Orlando, right? Because it's from that guy Rosalind, you gave yeah. a necklace. Rosalind to. doesn't know who wrote them. Celia does, and yeah. she's like, "Do you know who wrote these verses?" She's like, "No, who?" And Celia leads her on this merry chase, and so she finally reveals it's Orlando, and she's gleeful. And Rosalind's like, "No, this is not good news. I am dressed like a boy. Yeah, I this am pretending boy I to like, be a man. This boy I like likes me. Shit." I I'm, a, I'm pretending to be a boy right now. Tell you, oh, and here he comes. Oh, oh and he's here right what now. Do, what do I do? What do I do? And so Ganymede. So this is why this is why I brought little crazy here yeah. because her plans a little crazy. She's like, I don't know what to do. I can't change quickly enough, and I can't make everybody. Ga we, and Ganymede, Ganymede, and Orlando meet. And so she goes. So you love this person, right? Pretend I am that person, and I will teach you how to not be so in love with her. Yes. And I will rail so it. Fucking yeah. Stupid. It's land. dumb. It's fucking dumb. Um again, it's so a, dumb. It's a little crazy. But she's like, I want to spend time with you. I want to get you. Another, another, good, want, another I, good beard who had tonight would have been mistaken identity. Mm -hmm. Uh there was a incognito. Under, no, unco undercover investigation. Under uncover, but the yes, but uh, I, it's by Lagunitas. But it's an extra bitter and I'm not Oh, it's it's really good beer. I'm, it not, is an a really e good beer. I'm not an ESP fan, so i i didn't I didn't buy that. One. I'm surprised you don't like ESPs because of your love of English beer. <laughs> I do love, but I love sweet beer. But anyway, uh, so Orlando is meets Ganymede, and Ganymede's <laughs> like, I can I can teach you how to not be in love with people. He's like, Oh, would you? She's like, Well, no, because there's this lovesick guy leaving these horrible poems all over the forest, and he really needs my help more than you do, so... And Orlando's like, oh, that's, that's me. Oh, that's no. totally Totes me. Totes me. And I'm they, that dude. And aren't they good? <laughs> Those poems are so good, right? <laughs> They're so good. She's gonna love me when she reads them. And she'll come here someday, and she will fall in love with me. And then she challenges him. She's like, you don't really, you don't really love her. He's like, I nailed no. this shit through what? the trees, yes, bitch. Yes, I do. You couldn't see me every morning and spend all day, every day with me pining and loving after me. Look, uh, look, motherfucker. I nailed the poems to trees. Yeah. And she's like, I bet I can get you to fall out of love with this chick. And he's like, you could never do that. She's like, I bet I could. Call me Rosalind. 
Yeah. I would cure you if you call me Bras and come every day to my cot and woo me. So basically, she is pretending to be Ganymede, who is saying... She's going to pretend to be Rosalind so that you can come Well, it's a boy Rosalind. pretending to be a girl, to pretending to be, to be a boy, boy. pretending to, to be, be a girl. girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And I just like to imagine Celia's in the background watching all this going, You what? What? The fuck? <laughs> Why is this a good idea? Oh, dicks. Rosalind. Oh, dicks. dicks. So... That's Celia. That's Celia that is, in the background. Actually, that's Celia through most of this entire play. She's like, well, because every time she turns around, it's some what? other bullshit. What? What, what are, are you doing? Oh, dicks. This, first but of I, all, want, this the is character, our life. The character that I want to have the sassy gay friend in this show is Orlando. It's not any of the, the girls. It's no, Orlando. Orlando need, well, Danny Mead is Orlando's sassy gay friend. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Touchstone is Ganymede's sassy gay friend. Or Touchstone is everybody's sassy gay friend. That's true. It's true. <laughs> Speaking of sassy, Rosalind turns to Celia and goes, I will speak to him like a saucy lackey under the habit playing the knave with him. <laughs> it's like, what? why do you think this is a good this plan, is, No, Rosalind. no, it's going to be super great. Remember when we were like a couple, couple weeks ago when we were all like, let's dress up and run away to the forest. I think that these girls um, would be me and my best friends in high school because we would come up with these kind of dumb plots and think that they were a good idea. Brilliant. We're so smart. Actually, do you remember my friends from high, from early college? Yeah. I do. Oh, wait, you're one of them. Yeah, we came yeah. up with awesome ideas. Yeah. High five. We came up with great ideas. Great plans. They didn't work and we all dropped out of school. <laughs> okay. Some people went back. I graduated. Anyway. Some people didn't. We have, we na- then meet Audrey. I didn't continue we do, my matriculation. We do, so, I hope I did not continue my matriculation. So, so we, we meet Audrey, she's a new character. Yeah, so Audrey and Touchstone are running around. Audrey, who knows where she's from or what she does, she's just a woman who lives She's a shepherdess. Yeah. Yeah, and Touchstone is like. Because it's a pastoral comedy yeah. and every time you turn around you're tripping over a goddamn shepherd. It's true. And so Touchstone is with Audrey and Audrey's like, you're so pretty. What features you have? How lovely. Um, and Touchstone's eating it up. Really wants to just get with her and her goats. Sheep, if she's a shepherd. No, nope, nope, she's a goatess then. <laughs> I'm here with thee and thy goats. As the most capricious poet, honest, Ovid among the gods. That's also, we also have Phoebe. Yeah, Phoebe. Who Silvius is in love with, but Phoebe falls in love with Ganymede. Oh my god. Well, because you, you have given away that. everything. We're not even That's where we're at. That is where we are. That. No, because first Touchstone's like, hey, I want to get married to this chick I just met in the forest. Yeah. Touchstone really... meets Audrey afterwards. No, first. No. I'm literally looking through the play right now, audience. I have it in front of me. I listened to it. In the last okay, three I, days. I swear to God, Touchdown meets. No, because uh, what, Phoebe what, and Sylvia's is scene five. Yep, and this one is scene three. Well, I'm sorry, I was out of order. <gasps> <gasps> we have it on recording. Just like when I called Chase smarter than me, we now have Ryan saying that he was wrong. I didn't say I was wrong. I said I was out of order. No, but you anyway, said the we... thing. No, the things I said I were wrong. not incorrect. They were incorrect. No, <laughs> they. I just said them in the wrong order. That's not wrong. That's, that's just out of order. Oh my god. 
Anyway, Touchstone says, Audrey. I need everybody to take a second and realize the last 18 years of my life have literally been the last 30 seconds to a minute and a half. And just so everyone is aware, it's not always me. It's also Beth. No, never me. See? See? Anyway, anyway, Touchstone says, hey, Audrey, you want to get married? And she's like, sure, sounds good. And then they wander off. That's the entire thing. They're like, Audrey, you're so beautiful. Touchstone, your features are nice. Audrey, I really like your goats. Totes my goats, I love you. And then we have oh, Rosalind Jesus and Christ. Celia talking about... my goats? I totes my goats. Um, talking about how pretty Orlando is. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he was already supposed to be here today. Why isn't he here yet? And Celia's like, chick, Shut you gotta... Up. You gotta stop. You need to calm down. And then, uh... Yeah. Oh, she's she's so 15-year-old girl in love. It's so painful. She's actually a 15-year-old boy in love. A 15-year-old girl playing a 15-year-old boy who's also in love. And so... 15-year-old boy playing a 15-year-old girl. Then we have have Corin who comes to them and says, Hey, you know that shepherd, uh, Silvius, who was talking about being in love and wanting to be cured? Yeah. Uh, Something's going down with him right now in Phoebe. You should come. So they rush over, and this is where scene five. five. Phoebe falls in love with Ganymede. Where so yeah, so Phoebe's the shepherdess who really wants nothing to do with Sylvius. He's but Sylvius head over heels in love is, with her. Will do anything yeah. that she asks. Yeah. And as soon as Rosalind Ganymede comes on the scene, Phoebe goes, "Ooh, it's actually like hello." It's like watched- it's like that scene in Anchorman where he sees Anchorman. Where no, where he sees Veronica Corningstone, and he goes. Ooh. This this was way yeah. less nerdy than what I was going to say. Bill Withers is walking away. It's you know, like that playing. moment in the anime where all of a sudden they see someone and they go all sparkly. And well, okay, because, yeah, I don't watch anime. It's because so. Phoebe wants to be more than a shepherdess. She wants. She doesn't want to marry a shepherd. She doesn't want to be stuck in this life. She doesn't want to live the pastoral life. And so she's over it. Ganymede comes in and says, "Hey, the shepherd's a good guy, and he really loves you, and you should." Gives this whole big speech, and then Phoebe's like. Hey, uh, you could uh, scold me some more if you really wanted to. Hey, boy, you you purdy. Gavin means like, I will treat you mercilessly. I will be so mean to you. I and Phoebe's like, good. Yes, I like it. How did you know that? Find me up, daddy. Um, oh god! Don't ever. And and Rosalind, okay. kind of seeing what's happening, is going. Do, don't don't fall don't fall in love with me. That's only going to end badly. I I promise you that is going to end real badly. Whereas Phoebe Phoebe is like, yes, please discipline can, me. Can I have two, please? And then she, uh, Ganymede leaves, <laughs> and then she's with Sylvius, and she has this great speech that I actually learned for uh, Lisa Lockford's Shakespeare class when I was in college. The whole she's talking to Sylvia. Uh, Think not, I love him, though I ask for him. Tis but a peevish boy. She gives this whole speech where she literally argues just with herself. She's like, I don't love him. He's just a boy, and he was super rude. Although he's real pretty, but well, he's a pretty. He's, he's, he's not. He's not that pretty. When I say that he's pretty, I don't mean he's like super pretty. But he does have really nice features. Would you make him a proper man? <laughs> would you, Cassie? Would you make that? No, I'm married, Beth. Would you make? Would you make? Did you make him a proper man? Well, speaking of you being married, Chase and I have gotten through this entire wine bottle <laughs> full of beer. Have, have fun. Are you a robot yet, Chase? Drunk robot, Chase. <laughs> <Seep>. <laughs> I just, Chase has been 
incredibly quiet. That's because he's been been getting drunk off of this farmhouse ale. Silently getting drunk in the corner, and so I'm waiting for, like, we'll go to, like, station credits or something like that here in a minute, and he's just gonna be like, dude, slur, slur, dude, slur, slur. This is one of the the shows that we have covered that I have the least to say about. I have... Even Even less than when we did Sense and Sensibility. Yes, but it was only... I think it was different prejudice. No, it was Sense and Sensibility. So Phoebe's like, I hate him. I don't love him. Some other girls might have fallen in love with him, but I have not fallen in love with him. And to prove how not in love I am with him, I'm going to write him a letter that tells him how not in love I am with him. And then you take it to him. And then you're going to take it to him, right? And so this is like... whatever you tell me. And everybody gets together, and they argue over who gets who. That Okay. You just tried to rush the entire end of the play. Because we've been going for Yeah, we're, we're at an hour seven. Great, we'll be done soon. But we're not going to Antony and Cleopatra the ending on this one, because it's better than that. All right. Yeah, but I mean, we're already longer than Antony but and we, Cleopatra. But we are missing... Great, so let's count our... Yeah, we have a whole other episode to talk about all of that stuff. we got to get through the plot. You guys have diverged too many ha- times. Halfling. Um, excuse you. <laughs> We only have You three. included me in that? Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. You've, you've been it's doing mostly that. been you two. I've been trying to get things back on track. No, it's yeah, mostly you, been you two. You've been really easy to derail. Like, yeah. Okay. You two well, have all right. both. Ryan, yeah. we can't, the reason we can't rush it is because we only have three of our four cal- couples. We're still missing a couple. All right, all right? well, let's get that. All right, all right, couple. all right. All right, so let's go into Rosalind finally meets Jacques. And they have a nice little talk about. Is this Jacques or Jacques? Jacques. They have a nice little talk about what they're means, two. and what it means to be um, melancholy. And uh, Orlando and Jacques have a nice little like, "I hope I see you less. Let's be better strangers in the future." I hate you, kind of talk. Um, and we get some, you know, Rosalind and Orlando time where they talk a little bit more about the nature of being in love, and that once you are married, you are no longer. As nice to each other as you were before, you're more likely to get cheated on. Um, how dare you make me wait so long for you in the day? You know what? I have to leave you now. I told this old Duke guy who I'm staying with that I'd come and have lunch with him. But I'll be back at two. And that's an important time frame. Because a little after two, uh, it's not it's not Orlando who comes, but a stranger. Who comes and is like, hey, I have this this handkerchief covered in blood. And Orlando's real sorry he can't be here. He wanted me to give you this. I don't, I don't know about you, but if somebody brought you and was like, hey, Chase couldn't be here, Cassie. But, but here's, he wanted, this handkerchief here's this covered handkerchief in blood. covered in blood. I'd be a mite concerned. You'd be a mite concerned? I would. Yeah. So he tells oh, I would us, be too. He tells and I'm story. not even married to Chase. I love the story that he tells. So the stranger, who we don't know the name of yet tells this beautiful story about how Orlando was walking through the woods on his way back, and underneath a tree he spied a hairy traveler, all bearded and gross from the woods, with a snake wrapped around his neck, and he was about to come to her, but twice he turned back, and he realized that this hairy man was his And he had to save his brother from the snake around his neck. But as he tried to take the snake from his brother's neck, out from the forest came a lioness. And Orlando (laughs) saved Oliver from a lioness. Saved him from a lioness. And at that moment, Oliver realized that Orlando 
he had much wronged. And Oliver had much to repent for from her mistreating and Orlando. So Orlando takes Oliver after fighting off a fucking lion. A lioness, Fought yes. Off a lion. Takes because Orlando will fight anything. Because Orlando, Orlando don't start shit, but he finishes shit. everything. So he takes his brother back to the Duke. And while they are f- trying to help Orlando's brother, who had a snake around his neck, Orlando takes his shirt off. And at this moment, Oliver realizes that Orlando's arm has been torn, his flesh rent asunder by the lion. So I dabbed up some blood and I brought you this napkin. <laughs> Here's a napkin. I'm like, what the what With the his hell? blood. Again, so that's why I brought With little, his blood. Little crazy beer. Because this story, I'm like, why is this happening? Why? Okay. He had to fight a lion. I need to write something to bring another suitor in so that I can wrap up. So we can have four, Celia, four so weddings. So I can have my four weddings. Four weddings, but no funeral. Well, I mean, uh, Duke Frederick's uh, political career is kind of a funeral. <laughs> so, well, no, but he chooses the pastoral life after why he chooses the monas- monastic life. So, at this point, we'll Oliver's like, uh, I'm real sorry for everything terrible that's happened. My brother, he'll be okay. Uh, and <laughs> Gamamede is like, don't tell him that I uh, look how well I'm acting like a woman. I'm fainting. <laughs> Oh, it's all a farce. It's a farce. It's a farce. It's a farce. It's weird, man. It's a farce. So yeah, uh, you marry you. Yeah, so you the, marry this person. Well, we have to first deal with the fact that Phoebe's in love with Gamamede. So Gamamede, Phoebe, well, and Orlando are all together. Well, well I guess Sylvia brings. Sylvia, Sylvia is there. Gamamede. Touchstone is there. Well, Sylvia brings Gamamede the letter. Yes, as from, he said he would from Phoebe and. So Gamamede does what any bitch in high school would do. And he's like, I'm gonna read this fucking letter out loud. Hey, Phoebe says she loves me and thinks you're a stupid, stupid head. How do you feel about that, Sylvius? Sylvius is like, I feel really bad. That's terrible. I hate that and everything about it. And Gamamede's like, I'm gonna fucking fix this. I got this. Alright, you guys come with me. So he takes Sylvius to Phoebe. And here comes Orlando. There's Orlando. There's, we have... We get this, we get this... Oliver... And Allie and I, no, they are all there. Well, at the wedding, but we're not at the wedding yet. Because we have to get the... No, because Oliver... No, you're skipping past Oliver and Allie on a meeting. They met during the fucking lion story. Yeah, but you didn't cover the fact that they fell in love with each other at that point. They fell in love with each other at that point. <laughs> well, you can't, you can't <laughs> yell at me about skipping two scenes when you're going to fucking skip a very I, important fourth I just, wedding. I didn't yell at you about skipping two oh, scenes. Oh, you complained I, about it and you said okay, that I was wrong. I, it, can we? Can it we? Was because you were wrong that I can, can we get back on track? Please? Yes. Okay. So thank you. We've got here, uh, Sylvius and Sylvius, Phoebe, Orlando, yep. Rosalind. They have this hilarious exchange yeah, where <laughs> Rosalind is trying to get things back on track. Well, so, Sylvius tells us all of these things, like Sylvius, what is love? It's like, like love is being, baby. Don't hurt me. This and, baby. Don't hurt me. And and no and more. Phoebe says, and so am I. Yeah. And so am I for Phoebe. And I for Ganymede. And Arlena says, and I for Rosalind. And Rosalind, like, and I for no woman. And it's like, and yeah, it's because Ganymede's like, wait, <laughs> yeah, not tell, it. Tell you what, I got a solution. After this, like, and there's like four of them, and I love them. And I for no woman. Um. So they're at the end. She's like, "All right, all right, all right, all right." So let me get your agreements here. So, so Orlando, yeah. Orlando, to Rosalind. If I can produce Rosalind for you tomorrow, will you marry her? Yes. And he's like, "Fuck yeah." Phoebe, 
If I promise that you are the one who's going to reject me, will you promise to either marry me, and if you reject me, you're going to marry Silvius? Yeah, if you cannot marry Ganymede, if you cannot marry me, promise you will marry Silvius instead. And he's like, she's like, yeah, okay, that's... Okay. I guess. Those caveats are strange and don't make sense, but okay. Silvius, will you take her? Yeah. Of course I, I will, because I've love. already been madly alone yeah, with her. Anyway. All right, you, you, and you all show up tomorrow, and I promise that I... I'm going to fix this. I'm going to be wed tomorrow. Do you all understand? Like, um, swell. Because oh, what oh. they don't realize is that Ganymede is Rosalind. And another yeah. stupid story that's thrown in here for no good reason is Rosalind's like, I have been raised by a magician uncle in the woods. <laughs> I love this part. A magic baby! <laughs> so, this is, this is, well, Celia's of- rich baby in this story, <laughs> and so, Ganymede is magic. Baby, these woman. are these are the reasons that I love this play so much because the ridiculous is my level of ridiculousness. It's just as bad as so, Winter's Tale. It's true. It's my kind of ridiculous. But this is it is it is. So, this is yeah, I, I have, Winter's Tale levels of ridiculous. Yeah. So I have been uh, being raised by my magic uncle in the woods, um, and because Rosalind is but a human, uh, my magic uncle has taught me how I might just make her appear. Does that sound plausible? Of course it does, because I wrote this as William Shakespeare to be this level of ridiculous. Perfect. Let's all go and... All the world's a stage, and I'm inflating my ego. I promise that <laughs> this will all end well. So No, this is... No, no, sorry. There's a different play than All Is Well That Ends Well. That is this play. No, this is As You Like It. Oh. Also, that as well as the one that I started reading a couple of days ago, and then went. Wait a minute! Did I don't we, recognize any of these characters. Did we say we were going to read also that as well? No, no. I just remembered. I just all we we intended well. to do as you like it, and I forgot. Which is why I was the other day. I was like, we need to figure out what we're reading, and you were like, as you like it. And I went, oh yeah, let's everybody reread that. And apparently Cassie didn't get the memo. She read All's Well That Ends Well. Instead. I started it, and then I went, no, wait, I don't recognize any of these characters, and I've read this play before. All right. And then so, it was the other A play. Finally. The other A play. <laughs> finally, we get to the day before the wedding, or the evening yes. of the day of the wedding. and uh, The right before the wedding. Ro- Rosalind walks shows up, up to, show, well, Gamamede shows up before her father and says, Duke, if I can produce your daughter today, will you give her away? And Duke's like, if you can make that happen, sure. She yeah, walks Duke, away. Duke's she she yeah. walks away, and Orlando goes, "Don't worry, she's got a magic uncle. She got a magic <laughs> she's uncle. Got a, she got she's a ma- got this covered." So, so she, but Ganymede goes through like all the points of all the people. She's like, "Remember that you promised this, and you promised this, and you yes. promised Ganymede, this, and you promised this." Ganymede covers all of the bases, right? And then uh, she comes out, and at this point, like she she comes out as girl Rosalind. <laughs> And changes out of her boy clothes. Yeah. Duke and Orlando turn to each other and they go, I, or before she comes out, I guess they actually, they go, I saw a little bit on my daughter in that boy's face. And Orlando goes, yeah, when I first saw him, I kind of was like, yeah, she could be your daughter's sister or her daughter's brother. Yeah. Like it was the first time like it was in the And that, that was like, I was like, yeah, they look like they, they look a lot alike. They could so, be related. Oh, oh my goodness. Maybe my daughter has a magic uncle. So then we get, um, kind of voice from nowhere who's just like eight couples eight people come together four couples leave <laughs> it's like a thunderdome of marriage <laughs> yes. it is no, because it because it marriage thunderdome no it literally is like there no. is there is like orator eight people enter four couples leave because literally I love marriage no thunderdome. literally 
Hymen, the goddess of know, marriage, yes. shows up. Yes. First of all, because Hy- Hymen's bonds. As I, I remember the first time reading that, being like, Hymen, that's the thing I broke on a horse when I was younger. Like, no, Hymen, Hymen is the goddess of marriage, and she appears. To... So, so don't make any noise, Beth. Any more noise ever again in the future about a statue coming back to life in Winter's Tale. Yeah, don't don't talk shit won't be shit. I will continue to make fun of that. <laughs> you love this play and it's just as dumb. She loves that play. We I love you're okay. We love the, we love you both plays. love the dumbest plays. I can't wait till we get you your favorite play. Mackers? I'm gonna rip it apart. You can't. It's the best play Shakespeare ever wrote. Let's finish this one. All right. First of all, that's Lear. Let's finish this one. No. Okay. So, uh, eight, eight, eight people enter. Four couples leave. And, so and, even, but, and, and even Hyman says at some point, she's like, I'm a little confused about all of this. This but is ridiculous. I'm going to fix it. It's yeah, fine. So how about we just, we just make it all happen. Just make it all. All right, you take you take her. You, take you and her. you and you and you and you and, and you and they all like, four I, couples. I married. guess. And the yeah, and then Oliver's like, I sure want to marry you. Don't worry, I'm sure that my father will be fine with it. Says Aliena. Also, uh, yeah. my name's not Aliena. It's Celia. It's Celia. I'm the I'm the other Duke's daughter. So one, yeah, I'm Frederick's daughter. One way or another, Roland's kids are rolling in it. <laughs> and. The- yeah, he's gonna get him some rich babies. Ryan's <laughs> is he really mad at me? <laughs> is he really mad at me he's, for the rolling in it? He's befuddled. <laughs> that was terrible. Like that was more terrible than normal. Was that, it, was, was like, it, that was the biggest pile of garbage. Was that, it Orlando level of terrible? Yes, it was as bad as the poetry of Orlando. Yeah. So uh, that is how that is how that entire Jesus. play ends. Yes, it's just like hi- well, and then Frederick goes here, Duke Senior, have your duchy yeah. back, and I am going to retire to a monastic life. <laughs> and Jackwis is like, I am still melancholy and I hate everything. I'm so pessimistic, so I will also retire to a monastic life. And they both take religious orders, and that's the end of the fucking play. Yeah. So yeah, the. Duke, Duke Frederick's it's, like, everybody left. There's literally nobody in my kingdom. They're all in this forest. Everybody came to this fucking goddamn forest. Met the goddess of marriage. And this is just as ridiculous as a winner's tale. It's a little bit crazy. So isn't it good that the same beer... Deuces. The same beer? Same beer. It was. Yes, because I brought a little crazy to a winter's tale. You brought... And... and you brought, uh, and actually, actually, both beers that I had originally brought for Winter's Tale also apply here. They do. Because a little crazy and mistaken uh, identity. I should have bought Cougar. Because of the lion. <laughs> because of the lioness. Because of the lioness. Because uh, of mountain lioness. Because of Cougar. These two weird random stories that are just like shoved into Act 5. Well, because there's all, well, and actually, Winter's Tale is a bear eating someone, and, and yeah. then in. In as you like, Here, it's a here's, cougar. Here's it's my a lioness. Bloody napkin. All right. It's a lioness trying to let's, eat someone. Let's, and you're you fuck this play. Ryan, let's wrap this up. Uh, you've told me multiple times that we've run long. We're yeah, we're uh, we're actually this is probably the so, longest episode we've ever so done. So my name's Beth Roars, and this is my favorite Shakespeare play. I am Ryan Halfhill, and hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm Cassie Greenleaf. This one's kind of fun. Yeah. I'm Chase Greenleaf. This is this has been a ride. 
Good night, John Boy. Good night, John Boy.